Welcome everyone joining online and everyone who's gathered at our sites. Great to see you again. I love the fun little glimpse you get of God moments in our yesterdays. But you're here today and it is my prayer that you experience God moments his presence in your life as we gather together. It's good to be back with you. I was away last week. Our daughter got married um, on Thursday night a week ago, and I'm telling you, I sang and danced the night away. I had so much fun. I walked my daughter down the aisle, which is a dream come true. It was so good. And uh, we sang, we danced, but I could, you know, it was 84 every day. What can I say? It was in Mexico. And I know, but I, I was really glad to come back to Colt. You're not supposed to lie, I know, but I, I wanted to sing with you, so I, I didn't want to come back to the cold. I wanted to come and sing and rejoice with you, because something happens when we worship together, and we're going to do that today, even in the teaching time that we have. We're picking up our series, This Is Us, Step Into the Story. That's the invitation, step into the story. And we're talking about really a, a project that we've been working on with our team for six months, emerging out of the pandemic, to simplify our missional language. Who are we as a church? This is us. And why are we doing it? Because we believe that there is a, a season of faith renewal and harvest to come in the greater Twin City area and in our own backyards and in our families as well. And we want to step into the story and be where God is to that given end. We also know coming out of the pandemic that we've been disrupted in our daily rhythms and the ways that we've connected. And I'm inviting you to return. If you're able to return, please do. And re-engage with the mission and ministry of the church. And if online is your permanent home, we're gonna be expanding that ministry as well. And we just say engage if you're online. Let it not be a passive experience. Let's step into this together. Let me just review the whole series that takes us all the way up to Easter. And uh, it started in the first week, our way of life, which is to be in love like Jesus. I landed that to say, be in awe, friends that when you come to faith in Christ, you get to be like and love like Jesus. I think we would have a better world if we embrace that rhythm, and that's what God calls us to. That's our way of life, this is us. And then our heartbeat relates to our purpose and our mission, and we've simply made the language um, tighter, simpler, fewer words to make it more accessible. Last week, Pastor Ben talked about our purpose, which is simply to know God and to share Jesus. I did tune into the service, by the way, and that was kind of a fun thing to do, because Ben, I thought he had a lot of courage, but he had you do hand motions with the purpose statement. If you were here and remembered them, he said, our purpose is to know God, want to join me if you were here, <laughs> and then to share Jesus. And the idea that he taught, and I thought it's so true, is that when you grow in your knowledge of God and you welcome and are available to him, your hands and your heart and your life begin to pour out um, that journey, which is what I compliment today as I speak about the mission through loving others here, near, and far. I'll get to that in just a moment. And then we'll wrap up the series just before Easter with our values. We simplified them just to be three. Jesus, I would say that's a good value. That'd be a great amen right there. Jesus. Yeah, okay, people and rhythm. And so that's what's before us. So our purpose is to know God um, through sharing Jesus. Um, and then our mission is to love others here, near, and far. And it's the mission that I give my energy and attention today. So a good place to start is with the question. How do you love others here, near, and far? By being a blessing. And that's my message today. Be a blesser. Be a blesser, be a blesser, and something profound will happen. The presence of the Lord gets magnified, 
and your desire to be a blessing and magnify the presence of the Lord in other people's lives will come true as well. In fact, we know that our Lord Jesus wants us to help people find their way back to God. It's one of the things that he's purposed for us. He wants us to help others find their way back to him. And we do that through blessing. And the word bless is an interesting word because it's been a little bit hijacked in the common expressions in our culture, like when you sneeze and you go bless you. Um, Sometimes we think of blessing as referring to prosperity that comes to us personally. So there's financial blessing or well-being that comes. And yeah, certainly that's part of it. There's emotional well-being, relational well-being, and you could go on and on. That is part of the scope of what the word bless means. But biblically, it has a deeper meaning, a more profound meaning, and I don't want you to miss it. 30 years ago, this little word bless would change my trajectory of my Christian walk. I did a word study of the word bless from the Hebrew word barach, which is the Hebrew word for bless. Took that word all the way through from Genesis to Revelation. And I had a matrix and I measured exactly what that word meant in the different contexts. And it was astonishing to see that it meant many different things, a few I've already alluded to, but the undercurrent, the undergirding meaning of the word bless is presence. It's God's presence. That you will know you're blessed when you experience the presence of God in your life. That's the canopy meaning of what um, blessing is most about. And it is that blessing that I could ask you right now, do you sense the presence of God in your life? And you could say yes or no. And if it's a yes, um, you will have this sense that you can go through anything and face it head on and you could um, be with anyone no matter who they are because you've been given the God advantage, the presence of God through faith in Christ in you that allows you to walk through life in a different kind of way but we have to trust him for that presence. Look for that every day in our life and journey. And when we do, good things happen around that. In fact, when you were a kid, did anybody here play the game, alphabet game in the car when you did a long car drive? You know that game, alphabet game? We we played that a lot um, in our car. It was competitive. You know, I've got five sisters, one brother, Jay, Joel, Josh, and Jordy, Jill, JC, and Josh. Let me just tell you, they're intensely competitive. And even in the game, alphabet, because you know, the goal of the game is for everybody to identify the letters in the alphabet and to put them together in the order A through Z chronologically and make it all the way in there. The first person to do it wins. And I'm telling you, you wanted to be the first person to see a letter and seize that letter in the alphabet flow. I wasn't a kid, but I was 28 years of age when I learned a five-letter word um, that God wanted me to see and to seize for the game of life, B-L-E-S-S, and it's life transforming when you step into it. That presence of God changes the very trajectory of who we are, so our mission, our purpose and mission as the Church of Christ called Westwood is to embrace this compelling quality of blessing that is promised by God to us, in and through us to others, In Genesis 12, at the beginning of a promise that he makes um, known as the Abrahamic covenant, where he says to Abram, who eventually becomes Abraham, Abram, I'm gonna bless you, and through you all nations will be blessed. So we're not changing our missional focus. We're just simplifying the language and the crux of what that's about. Let me tell you, in my study of this word, there are 300 declarative statements of the Abrahamic covenant throughout the scriptures. 
Every book of the Bible has um, the the Abrahamic covenant in it. I call it, it's the meta narrative. I call it the little red thread that's woven through the scriptures. Jesus Christ comes with his blood shed on the cross to complete the promise so that the whole world comes into the experience of God's presence to be blessed. In order to be a blessing, we are blessed to be a blessing. That rhythm continues for us in our missional purpose. I can't help but teach. You can tell I got my teaching hat on. I know you lost an hour of sleep. Are you crabby today? Can you be with me in this? I wanna just do a little teaching. For those who've been with us, you've heard this from me before, but that passion of who we are as a church hasn't changed. We're just simplifying the language. For those who are newer, I just wanna explain the history of this, starting out with the promise of Genesis 12, but it has two expressions, what missiologists call a top-line blessing and a bottom-line blessing. And specifically, we find it's one promise, two expressions. The top line blessing includes promise to Abraham where he will get land, nation, and name. God's gonna provide for him some amazing things. He's a single guy. He doesn't have a family. He's not married, but God makes this promise. He takes this single guy and says, I'm gonna bless you, and I'm gonna give you a land. That land we know today is Canaan. I'm gonna make your nation great. That nation we know today is Israel. I'm gonna make your name known for every generation in all of history. We know Abraham because of a promise that was made, and to his descendants would come another promise that we'd be included in. It's one promise, two expressions, top-line blessing leading to the bottom-line blessing, which is the families of the earth. Or when God says to Abram, um, I'm gonna bless you, and through you, all nations of the earth um, will be blessed. We're blessed to be a blessing. It's one promise, you can't choose the top line. We don't wanna be top-line Christ followers. We wanna be holistic followers of Christ, embracing top-line and bottom-line. Six years ago, this thing changed my life at 28. I couldn't read the Bible the same. Matter of fact, I just encourage you, as you read through the Bible, start marking every time you see the Abrahamic covenant. It will move you to your knees. It did with me. When I got into Revelation, it was two in the morning. I was doing a paper and writing. I got on my knees. I began to weep when I saw the nations coming together, the fulfillment of the promise that comes when Christ returns. And that's all before us. But six years ago, I had an aha related to this that's impacted where we've been the last six years. We reorganized the the church infrastructure around it and it was a knowledge that, I add this arrow, the families of the earth are really the top line blessing. That missiologists have divided top line, bottom line, but the heart of God is for the families of the earth, for your personal family for the nations, the tribes, the ethne as well. But the heart of God is here. And he chooses to bring a personal blessing to us so that we would have motivation to extend that blessing to the families of the earth. And so we say around here that with open hands, receiving from God all that he wants to give, believing he wants to give us a lot, top line blessing. With open hands, giving it away, believing we cannot outgive God. And can I say something? When Abram, this guy who is a bit lost, has this encounter with the living God, I don't think when that spiritual experience took place and he was in the presence of God and God said, Abram, I'm gonna bless the socks off of you, I don't think he was in this posture. Okay, bring it on. Whatever, that, that's not what he did. He, he was undone. And he said, oh Lord, you're true, you're real, you're there. I wanna know your presence in all of my life. And God makes a promise, you will know my presence in all of your life. And I will use you then to be a blessing to others in the journey. So Bob Pierce, who started World Vision, 
great relief organization even today. This is one of his famous prayers. Let my heart be broken by the things that break the heart of God. Let my heart be broken around the things that break the heart of God. What breaks the heart of God is when you, your family, and the families of the earth do not experience the presence of God because he made us, he breathed life into us so that we would know his presence. And then that we would share that presence with others, that we would take the presence of God in us and be that presence for others in our life and journey. It's amazing. When that happens, it's palpable. We had a, Carrie and I had a little incident um, at the, right at the end of our trip, we took our two oldest daughters to go on a, cart, uh, a catamaran, what is it? Catamaran. catamaran, yeah, thanks. I need her for everything. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Be here. Don't leave right now. I'm just telling a story about you. <laughs> so we took the four kids. It was an hour drive to get to the destination. And we're on our way there, and we have to stop at a hotel. We pick up two couples and one guy, and he called himself the fifth wheel. He was part of this group. There were five of them. And we made our way to do a catamaran, whatever that ride is. We did it. <laughs> there are about 40 people on this beautiful ship into the ocean. We're going to go snorkeling. It's really beautiful. It was a lot of fun. But they said, I didn't know they were going to do all this. They pass out all these little glasses this tall, filled with water, about up to here. And it's, I guess it's called a shot. <laughs> I, I'm lost in the moment, but... I see its effect when we get back on the van to go home. The 25-year-old guy is sloshed completely. He's loud, he's obnoxious, he's swearing, he's taking the name of the Lord in vain. I'm a bit disrupted. Carrie, totally cool. And it's an amazing thing because I kind of distanced myself because it was, you're in a small van with relatively few people and he was making a scene, he was loud, he just wouldn't settle down and he begins to ask Carrie a question and all of a sudden, Carrie enters with the presence of God. Calmly looks at him, asks him questions. All of a sudden, the volume goes from here all the way to here, and they engage in a meaningful conversation. His need, his inclination, is to want what she has because of how she's interfaced with him in that moment and learns that he's got, he's a dad, single dad of a three-year-old boy and he says, my life's a mess. I gotta make my life better for my son. And Carrie speaks words of blessing into him. Changes the whole ride home. Yeah. This is the power of the blessing that comes when you know the presence of God. Totally calm, just being present in the moment, settled that zone all the way home. I was quite happy. You would have expected the pastor would have stepped into this role. (laughs) I needed the bride on that day. It was a tough journey, but we got there. So we're gonna take this blessing, and I wanna bring it home to you because I told you there are 300 declarative statements of it. One of them is Galatians. This is so amazing. Paul writes to us, the scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. There's your promise. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles, we're Gentiles, non-Jewish people, through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit and the Spirit mediates the presence of God. That's the blessing. And take a hold of this. Fasten your seatbelt. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That means we stand friends in the presence of God as did Abraham himself. And God says to me and to you, Joel, I'm gonna bless the socks off of you and you will be a blessing to other families of the earth. 
I make my life available because that's a promise that he gave. I encourage you to, to step into the story, make your life available. You know, and I say, oh God, yeah, bless the socks off of me. I'm not standing there like this. I go, no, my life has changed. It's been undone. Avail yourself to the presence of God. That's the blessing that he intends for us. In fact, it's confirmed uh, for us in that beautiful commission that Jesus himself gives after he rises from the dead and tells his disciples, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And the, the bookends of that, the beginning of it is, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I'm giving it to you. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, other bookend, and I will be with you until the end of the age presence. It's the blessing of presence. He will give you all that you need to go through all of what life brings to you in your journey. Or you get the expanding witness in Acts 1.8, which says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, now take note, and in Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. The and in the Greek is chi, and it's a reminder to us that there is, this isn't a chronology, this is something that's a corollary, that we are working together on here, near, and far. That's what comes here, that Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world brings us here, near, and far, and that it's not a chronology. We don't sit here and wait till everything gets done here before we go near and far. They all happen at the same time. That's what would change my life and my understanding of who we are as a church and our invitation for you to step into that. So the point is to be a blesser, here, near, and far. And when you do, you will have a magnified presence of the Lord, and you will have a desire to bring that blessing, the presence of the Lord, even unto others. I wanna share two stories to wrap up our time together. The first story is a far story. Last week, by the way, um, Pastor Ben talked about a near story related to Jordan and Nisa Foundation's church. If you were here, many of you responded to that, and that blessing has been rolling every single day since last Sunday when that was here. I love that you're stepping into the story to be a blessing. Today, I wanna talk about a far story. How do we love others far and then here? Because we live here, so how do we love others here? The far story, I wanna connect right to what's taking place in the world today. Did you know that um, there are right now 32 conflicts, war conflicts in the world? It's an astonishing thing to consider. What gets the headlines is, of course, everybody, Ukraine, Ukraine. In 2019, we established a beachhead of blessing with an organization called Crew and two missionary families to plant churches in Moldova. And you go, where's Moldova? Put up a map here, and you can see that we have partners right now in Sweden, in Germany, and there's Moldova in that lower right circle place. And you'll notice that Moldova is adjacent to Ukraine. Since 2019, we have planted with these partners 15 churches. Little did we know that thousands and thousands of refugees are making their way across the borderline into Moldova and that the churches that we've planted are working collaboratively together to take their offices, their building spaces, their camps, and invite the refugees fleeing for their lives coming into that country. They're being a blessing. They're bringing the presence of Christ into the extension of hospitality for those who have essentially lost everything. They're getting shelter, food, medicine. They're getting love, prayer, and the beautiful name of Jesus. This week we received a video from our partner called Crew. Um, and it's a video of the refugees coming in 
And we sent a gift um, to our partners there to help with the refugees coming in through Westwood. And I want to thank you for your generosity. But these are the refugees coming in, and they say thank you to those missionaries on the ground and what they're doing. And I thought, here's a picture of what it means to bless with the presence of God, be touched and blessed by their story. Просто нет слов, чтобы выразить благодарность каждый, кто уезжает от вас и приезжает, получает здесь кровь, еду, отношения, человеческое отношение. Пусть вас хранит всех Бог. Я буду всем своим знакомым рассказывать, что есть такие люди в Молдавии, в маленькой Молдавии, которые с большим сердцем, которые всем помогают. Спасибо. Большое спасибо за прием, за то, что нам не пришлось ночевать в машине, за то, что у нас была горячая еда и моральная поддержка. Mm -hmm. Это невероятно ценно в таких условиях. И мы очень-очень хотим, чтобы все поскорее закончилось, чтобы мы могли вместе отпраздновать окончание войны. Людям, которые попали в такую ситуацию, нужна не помощь, и сердечность, доброта и открытость. А это как раз можно здесь найти. Спасибо огромное. Просто вот нету слов. Приехала сутки, проплакала. Ребята, действительно очень большая благодарность вам и людям. Вам спасибо огромнейшее за то, что вы нас терпите, вы нас принимаете. Я восхищаюсь этими людьми и добротой вашей, и вообще отзывчивости, человечести. Это люди вообще от Бога. Ребята здесь помогли всем, всем помогли, приютили, накормили, помыли. И что самое важное, поддержка, которой так не хватает, когда ты думаешь, что ты вообще остался совсем один. И помогли с документами разобраться, что куда, как будто второй дом, я не знаю. Очень, очень возвращает веру к людям, доброту человеческую, что, что не всем все равно. Максимальная помощь со всех сторон, большая поддержка, все люди очень здесь добрые, как родные, даже нам. Здравствуйте, я приехала с бабушкой, потому что бабушка из Украины бежала, и она нашла очень хорошего волонтера, Гена, он нам помог. Бабушку очень-очень хорошее место здесь. Здесь очень э, уютно, здесь очень чисто, все очень вежливые, дружливые люди, э, все помогают, и э, мы очень-очень благодарим всем, всем, каждый день, потому что э, без, без вас мы, мы не смогли встретиться. Thank you very much for all your selfless help. Um, it's, it's been incredible, thank you. Меня зовут Оля, я Черноморская. Я очень и очень благодарна людям, которые нас встретили, приютили, накормили, обеспечили всем, всем от гигиены до даже можно развлекательной программы для деточек. Разнообразная еда, внимание. Такое внимание ласковое, как материнское. Просто я такого не знаю. Я не встречала еще такой доброты за последние годы, когда я их встретила здесь. От души благодарю. И хочу мира во всем мире. Не хочу вражды, не хочу национальности, вот эти розни, вот эти вот ненормальные. Не слушайте политик, слушайте сердце здесь, здесь, которое бьется и хочет мира. Сердце матери, сердце бабушки, сердце деточек, которым показывают на окно и говорят «бух, бух». Никому не желаю пережить такого. Никому. Спасибо вам за все. Это...
feels different than something that comes off the news channels. I love the heart of a mother who brings us to the heart of God. And I love the church of Jesus Christ, that we get to be the church. Because when we get to be the church, we elevate the hope of the world, which is Jesus Christ in his presence. I just think it would be good for us as the church to offer God a prayer, a blessing of his presence to those in need. Could you just take 15 seconds or so, 20 seconds, let's just quietly go before the Lord and pray for help and hope for a war to end. Pray in the own words quietly before the Lord and let's do that together. So, Lord, to have your eyes, um, I don't think we could bear to see what's happening in our world today. The largest migration of humanity in the world is happening with millions and millions and millions of people left without shelter and food and challenge about where to nestle, where to live, who to become. But we are grateful that you are the God of mercy and compassion and healing bring an end to this war through your supernatural provision, bring help and hope to families fleeing from Ukraine, even from Russia, the other war-conflicted arenas around the world. And Lord, um, magnify the presence of Jesus. Bring the blessing that comes when we follow you, and let us be your blessers, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Stories are powerful, and I think you, that old axiom, people don't care how much you know until how much you care, is really true. When we're blessers, we're demonstrating our care, and part of that care happens for us here even at home. How do we share the love of Christ here at home? Well, we want to encourage you to adopt the life um, practice of bless. For those who've been here, you know what it is, so I'll just do a quick refresher for those who are new. <clears throat> Countless numbers of people's lives have been changed because of this simple adoption of a way of life called BLESS. This acronym, B, begin with prayer. Right now, if you don't have somebody that you're praying for in your life who is far away from God, begin to pray for them. God will give you a heart for them in great measure. The L is to listen to them, to understand their story rather than to have them understand your story first, step into their world. The E you're gonna love is eat with them. And I know all of you love to eat. And our next... Uh, Time Change Sunday, we will have eggs and bacon for you just to help motivate your encouragement to get here. The S is to serve, to meet a need, and one of those needs that is most significant is in times of pain. Many people are in pain right now. Just simply take notice. Send a note, make a phone call, show up and just be present, give a hug. These are simple ways to be blessers. Meet needs. Serve. Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. And then the last S is story related to sharing story, letting them share their story, get to know their story. And then you eventually share your story, perhaps about how you were far away from God and came to God. And watch how God begins to work to increase and magnify his presence in your life as you're be seeking to be a blessing to those that are around you. I think the best way to tell these stories is not through an acronym. I think that gives you a frame of reference. Adopt it as a lifestyle way. It will make a difference. But rather to hear a, a firsthand story. So I asked my neighbor, three houses up from where our house is, if he'd be willing to share. I'm shocked he said yes. Because, you know, 
I'm his neighbor. What choice does he have? I'm going to pull in his driveway, throw him in the car, and say, we're going to church today. What are you doing? I want you to welcome David Kressler. Come on up, friend, and let's have an opportunity to connect today. We, we get the, the David Kressler fan club, I guess, that's joining us today, too. But thank you, David, for being with us. And I'm um, so grateful for this because these invitations, quite honestly, I'll call or somebody on our team will call and say, would you be willing to share your testimony? His is a relatively new testimony of coming to faith in Christ. Would you be willing to share that in front of thousands of people? <laughs> and most people go, well, could you call me in a year? I'll think about it. But I was surprised by your response. What did you say? I, uh, I took your call and, and uh, immediately thought that uh, one of the things I've heard very often here at Westwood is to make yourself available to God. And um, I thought right then and there that maybe this was an opportunity for me. I mean, it was like that. Honestly, I don't think I've ever had anybody in 10 seconds said, yes, I'll do that. What was your second thought, though? Why me? <laughs> <laughs> and I think we all feel that way because we, don't, we feel like we're in a journey. We're all in a journey, but God meets us right where we are. Take a step of faith. Wherever you are, God will grow you to that next step. I've seen that evidenced in your life. It's been a beautiful thing to see. But take us just into a little bit of a picture of your family because they would become part of the avenue of blessers. Mm-hmm that would influence you to faith in Christ. In fact, we have a photo of your nuclear family that's here, if we could pop it up on the screen, you can tell us who this is in your family. Yeah, this is, this is my nuclear family, uh, my oikos. Uh, my wife uh, in the back there, Elizabeth, and then my daughter, Olivia, right in the front, and my son, Jeffrey, with the red hair, and their spouses now. Both of them have gotten married in the last uh, 18 months. Yeah. Matter of fact, you, uh, you were so kind as to uh, bless Olivia and Cliff. We had a great time. Yes. We had a great time. I just have to, he didn't say this in all the other services, but he just used the word for house, oikos, which is the Greek word for house. Did you know that three years ago? I did not. No, he does. He's listening to the teaching. I'm <laughs> loving this moment. You didn't do that the other hours. Nope. I, I, I'm having my moment. Um, David, to watch your journey with family, your, your family of origin is really quite fascinating. Yeah, uh, from the East Coast, if, if nobody knew that. Um, uh, we picked it up. <laughs> uh, a family, uh, three, I'm the oldest of three boys. Um, we were very close, very active. Um, my mom didn't know what to do with three boys, uh, a fourth when, when she counted my dad. Uh, and, and it was very, you know, it was, it was active. We played sports, we camped, we did all those things. It was, it was great. Uh, when it came to religion, um, my parents were members of a church that uh, believed in God as the creator. Um, but believed also that Jesus was uh, a, a moral teacher and, and, and a, a man. Yeah. And, um, and that's what I was brought up on. And it, it resonated uh, very well in our family. We, we were always respectful and loving and, yeah. uh, to, to ourselves and to others outside. Yeah. Uh, that was the extent of it. And there are churches who embrace that thought. And so the goodness of your family is they embraced an ethical Jesus that gave you a compass for life that has brought a lot of goodness and ethics and business practices and relationships and the like, which is a tremendous gift. I always celebrate those good gifts that you're given by your family, but then um, it was a church that didn't believe in Jesus as son of God and savior of the world. So this idea of salvation or a God that has an eternal destiny that's experienced in the here and now and that is still to come was part of your journey. So what opened the door for you to eventually come to the point where you would see Jesus as son of God and savior? 
There, there were a few things that led up to it. The first one, uh, my wife Elizabeth, uh, she joined a, uh, or she was invited to join a, a uh, women's Bible study um, by a very, very close friend of hers, and um, I encouraged her to do that. Uh, I wasn't all that interested at the time, but she would bring back stories and and. and talk about what they went through, and, and I began to learn a little bit, and we'd have conversations and such, so that uh, really kind of ignited my, my desire for learning, which, as you know, is a lifelong passion of mine. Let's pause on that for a moment, because sure. in our previous hour, you talked about how many years were you away from church? Um, well, from the time I was 13, maybe, till uh, it's probably about 50 years. 50 years. Yeah. I just say that's a long time. Be away from church. And to be receptive to your wife going to a Bible study tells me that God was already preparing your heart to be receptive. But continue on with those influences that opened the door for you. So that was, that was number one. Number two uh, involved you again, Joel. Um, about 10 years ago, I, I was at a point where I was accepting a position uh, in, in Boston. And um, it was going to entail commuting back and forth to Boston on a weekly basis. And it was really presenting some challenges to Elizabeth and I and how we were going to handle the family. And um, one day you showed up at my front door. I think it was uh, through Elizabeth and Carrie knew one another. And, and I, I knew who you were. And you showed up and, and you uh, talked to me, very encouraging words. And you presented uh, a book to me. Yep. I'll pause on that. The book that I gave to him was a book called Business for the Glory of God. It was written by my theology prof. I've probably given hundreds of that book away, particularly to marketplace. People are starting businesses. You are entering into a a new um, marketplace um, enterprise. And the book really simply speaks about entering into business and you've got choices to make. One that could bring business to do good and one that could bring it to evil. I've loved this book. So was it meaningful to you? Not so much. Right. I wasn't quite there yet. You were there. Yeah, because yeah, it was a theology book about business, and he wasn't there, but now I'm going to be more careful about who I give the book to. <laughs> the way. But it would open up more opportunities, it, and clearly, for me, that was one of the lifestyle blessing practices that I have. I love to give books. I just have to be more discerning, but I, I'll work on that. <laughs> what else influenced you? That, I do consider that. I, don't, I hadn't mentioned it before. That, we talk about GPs. That was a GP. A second GP was very good friends of ours in the neighborhood um, belonged here at Westwood and our sons uh, grew up played ball together and we became very close and um, they invited Elizabeth and I to come and share at Westwood and and we accepted that and we came in and the first uh, sermon series that that you were presenting when I came, came through the door was Acts. Yeah and Acts is the story of God's presence revealed through Jesus Christ, the blessing he wants us to receive and to give away. And your neighbors, they're my neighbors too, Mm -hmm. really practiced the lifestyle of bless. They, They were praying for you. Yes. They were listening to you, getting to know your story. They ate with you all the time. They fellowshiped together on your um, deck. On, yep. Yep. You know, they served you in different ways and shared. You, you shared your stories with them and they with you, and eventually those seeds would open up to what end? To the point where after much uh, uh, investigation, sharing and all this, I uh, accepted Jesus as the Son of God and the, the um, grace of God into my life. Are you experiencing the presence of our Lord? Yeah, that's really beautiful, yeah. And your life is changing. And then you were baptized, and that, that was an interesting part of the story. 
Yeah, again, uh, spurred uh, by, by a brief conversation with you after one of our services leading up to Easter in 2019, where you had talked about that there was going to be a baptism uh, opportunity, and you just kind of shook my hand, leaned in, and said, uh, think about it, you might be interested. Yeah. I knew David had come to faith in Christ, so I wanna say this to everybody here gathered. When you put your faith in Christ, the call is go, therefore, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Something happens in that baptism. It magnifies, secures that commitment to say, count me in, I'm a Christ follower. And you were baptized at that Easter service. We're gonna conclude our service, just one minute little video clip of that Easter service. We baptized about 85 people. You're gonna get a little broader context of that experience. For some of you who have never seen how we do baptism here. But I wanna give an invitation for you to consider to be baptized. But David, I baptized at the end of this little clip. And it was really a meaningful moment for me, and I believe it was for you. Here's David getting baptized. I could relive that moment as you just have probably again and again. It's one of my favorite times in services. Couple things to consider. Be baptized. On Easter, we're gonna have baptisms in all of our services. And if you've not been baptized, just fill out your engagement card, either QR code or the card that you received in hand. Let us know, we'll follow up with you. Be part of the celebration that day. It's an extraordinary experience. And then I give you the invitation, be a blesser, be a blesser, be a blesser. And watch the presence of Christ get magnified and the desire to bring that blessing to others follow the journey as well. So would you join me in a just warm-hearted thank you, David, for friendship and for sharing your story today. Love you, brother. Thank you. Well done. I invite you to stand and receive this prayer. Oh, Father, the, the fact that you would see the families of the earth that were scattered in Genesis 11 and make a promise in Genesis 12 that you would bring blessing through Abram, his descendants, of whom we are considered to be among, to the end that we would know your presence, the presence of the living God through faith in Christ, and we would walk your presence to be a blessing in our backyards to our marketplace friends, to our neighbors, to our own personal family, wherever we are is the presence of Christ. Remind us that you have called us to be blessers every day, that we are blessed by you to be a blessing to others. All to your glory, we give thanks in Jesus' name.